everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Feeling Sticks. As usual, I am your co-host V and I have here today with me my beautiful, gorgeous, bomb.com bestie, Koda. Stunning, stunning introduction. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we want to start by um, thanking everyone who have listened to our first episode. We truly, truly appreciate your support. And thank you so much for um, sending us sweet, heartwarming messages. It was really beautiful. Like we didn't expect that so many of you relate to our podcast and what um, and the things that we talked about. And um, it really gave us the motivation to keep doing it. So thank you. Yeah, the shit got renewed another episode because. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the producer was like, "Let's do it again." Um, it was so sweet, honestly. Like. I didn't expect for that many people to tune in. So I really appreciate y'all. Um, but so just so y'all know, we're going to get down and dirty with more complex topics than the first mm-hmm. episode. I feel like the first yeah. episode is like a good little, <clears throat> like a cute little stunning introduction to who we are. But yeah, we want to talk more about, you know, some meaty, juicy stuff. So yeah. This week is juicy, juicy. Let's see how it goes. Let's see if we get canceled at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we do, it's worth it. Yeah. We had a good ride. <laughs> yeah. Two episodes. I know. <laughs> at least we got renewed another episode. So I know. That's a sleigh already. Love that. We didn't discuss like a recording schedule, but I think we did like sort of aim for once per week. Mm-hmm. But it's been three weeks since our last episode, and a lot has been going on in both of our lives. So we we'll try, we we'll try to keep it one episode a week. But given the fact that Koda and I live in different time zones, and Koda has work, I have my study. We'll just try our best, and I think I hope that it's okay um, with y'all. All right, um, let's get into it. So first thing first, we're doing, we're discussing communication this week. Yeah, um, so I am very vocal about politics on my social media. Both of us are, to be honest. Love that. Yeah, with that comes unwanted debate from people and just like stupid back and forth conversation that goes nowhere. on the internet as usual my therapist was talking about like this idea of picking your battles and learn when to conserve your energy because a lot of the time uh, I find myself getting very worked up over conversations or discussions with people that I cannot change you know it's a losing battle since the beginning and I didn't know when to conserve my energy And I just let myself sucked into this vortex of pointlessness. Yeah. And might I just add that it's also, well, it's sort of our responsibility with our privileges to educate other people, but we can only do it so much. Mm -hmm. And also the thing is, I feel like I'm always going to talk about political shit on my social media. That's how I like to use my platform. And Mm -hmm. that does not mean... I'm asking for you to challenge my idea in a non-constructive, unconstructive, non-constructive, unconstructive, unconstructive, like already fucked up in the first five minutes. Um, Yeah, that's not my invitation for a debate. 
period. Like we can have mm-hmm. a healthy discussion in real life in a good open-ended conversation where we're both open to have our beliefs um, challenge in a healthy way, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to be open to an Instagram DM or Facebook comment section of just back and forth arguing because it's so pointless. And the whole thing is not to educate anyone. It's all about like who gets the last word or who won with their beliefs. Yeah, And that's not how a debate should be. So again, I want to reinstate for anyone who follows me on social media that if you see me posting political shit, don't come into my DM or my inbox or my comment section and talk stupid shit because it's so pointless, you know? Have a have a cute little coffee chat or I don't know, like do something that's like mm-hmm. we're both on equal ground and we respect each other's point of view and we're willing to uh change at some aspects you know is that just an excuse for people to ask you out (laughs) (laughs) no i'm kidding i know my man's sitting right here jeez flex okay um no but what if people never see you like what if they live in a different country or something or city um then don't (laughs) (laughs) like it's so pointless for me to like deconstruct the whole i don't know a calf movement through an instagram dm like my job is not to educate you when resources are ready and everywhere yeah well i think if i share something on my story and someone would reply asking if they if they would ask like specific questions about um, an aspect of the post that i shared Mm -hmm. i would gladly answer because and and if they ask it in a constructive and curious manner, I would answer. Um, for example, I at one time I posted something like, "Oh, I hate all men; they <laughs> suck" or whatever. And a friend just uh, replied to it, asking like, "So sorry to hear. Like, do you have any specific experience that led you to thinking this way?" And I, I was like, "Yeah. Well, I really." hate the fact that I have to explain this but since you ask and it seems like you actually care about my experience I'm gonna say the things that bother me and I, I I think in that case I would gladly reply but if just you replied to my story in an ironic way or with sarcasm mm. I'm gonna block you <laughs> yeah it's all about like energy yeah. like how you come into a conversation with me you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah exactly totally agree with you and what your friend did you know if you're curious about my point of view if you want to learn more if you want to expand each other's uh minds of course Mm -hmm. like come into my dm like talk about it i'm always down for a good convo uh i'm not someone who's stuck in her way however you know if you come to me with bad energy yeah i'm gonna block you now <laughs> i used to engage but now i will block you yeah but sometimes it's also like certain things that i'm not down to debate like human rights should not be even in the question you know yeah. like if you come to me and debate about i don't know police brutality or like just like basic human rights shit like mm-hmm. you're stupid <laughs> Like, I'm not going to debate with you on this because it's basic human rights. You know, everyone deserves to be safe. Everyone deserves to 
have access to affordable housing and yeah. all that. So shut up. Yeah, I mean, if you don't believe in police brutality, it's, I don't know, it feels like at this point you're just intentionally ignoring posts about police brutality, like seeing yeah. actual footages of, of people being assaulted by police. And yeah. I don't know, like, what else do you want me to say? Like, go stop scrolling through those posts and like just watch the whole thing and you see what i mean yeah um it's a whole lot but anyways to sum up just conserve your energy again i think the best way to go about this is return the same energy Mm -hmm. except for the bad ones the bad ones we just block them out and move the fuck on that's that another thing that i want to talk about is um so okay since the first episode i found out that I have vocal fry and let me put it this way I used to hate how I sound in recordings now I don't hate it so much Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of uncomfortable listening to myself in recordings but I didn't know why until after our first episode and hearing the very stark contrast between (laughs) the quality of our voices and I realized the reason I don't like my voice is because of my vocal fry and it's very clear in recordings. Interesting, because I don't know. I also felt it. I also felt a bit uncomfortable listening to our recording, and especially like uh, listen to it, and then you edit it, and I listen to it, it again. Mm-hmm. And once it's published, we listen it to, to it again, and I'm just like, I'm sick and tired of my voice, man. And <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, it's, I don't know. Maybe vocal fry is. Um, a part of it but there is I think science behind the fact that we hate our voice it's because like especially in recordings because when we hear it like this I don't know there's don't quote me on this I don't know anything but I girl you know more than any of us (laughs) this is literally what you study no 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 I don't I don't study like no I don't study this um but I, I I read somewhere a while ago that's why I don't remember exactly but there's um uh, some part of our body that kind of make us hear our voice differently when we speak like this but when we record it um, our body doesn't recognize that it's our voice so it just kind of shows us what we really sound like you know what I mean interesting okay but I'm not 100% sure I remember about this vaguely that's what I told you as well like when I listened to our uh, first episode, I really love how, how your voice sounds and I hate how my voice sounds. But mm. you have the opposite, so might be the case? I don't know. I thought your voice was so smooth. Like, this is very much radio voice. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought your voice is radio voice. Honestly, I don't even leave voice messages nowadays because I hate... Yeah. I have two fears. First of all, someone listens to it actually like listen like people who <laughs> listen to voice uh voicemails is that is that what it called i don't even know what it's called voice messages voicemails like you know the leave the message after the tone oh voicemails like actual voicemails yeah like actual voicemails like i don't leave voicemails who uses that <laughs> i know so i have two fears yeah. people actually listening to it <clears throat> that's one fear and then the second one is like people saving those voicemails and like use it Why for save those soundcloud rappers use it for like songs and shit oh 
do you are you a friend with any rappers no but like <laughs> i don't know what if i broke up with my man and and he decided to pursue music <laughs> i just can't like it has to be out there on my terms yeah um yeah. but vocal fry what about it like think kim kardashian or like the valley girl voice and you can hear like the uh vibration of the vocal cord like if i talk like this like this is how vocal fry would be you know what i mean yeah yeah i hear it now mm-hmm. i have pretty severe vocal fry I, my voice is pretty deep first of all so the vocal fry is very clear in recordings mm-hmm. and um yeah i also used to smoke so that doesn't help but it's not just a vocal fry it's also like my speech intonation and my canadian accent and it's just like a i don't know it's a lot of a a mix of a lot of things and Mm -hmm. i have been very conscious about how i sound since joining the remote workforce because i am forced (laughs) to listen to myself talk all day in meetings and compare how I present Mm -hmm. versus how other people present. I don't know. Um, I I just think I have a very peculiar way of speaking and my speech intonations is a little bit more weird. Like I have longer pauses between each word. Like I'm saying things that people would probably never notice. It's just like I'm extra conscious about it now. I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. I have the same thing cuz I don't know. I I used to think that I have a very American accent. Mm-hmm. And until recently I ever since everything is online and meetings are recorded, I start to listen to it again and I realize like my accent is all over the place. Like mm-hmm. it's a little bit of uh, Vietnamese, it's a little bit of um American and it's it's it doesn't sound like how I imagine it to sound um, but I was really conscious about it uh, before but now I think I'm better at embracing my Vietnamese accent because that's just who I am like why do I have to hide it why do I have to westernize my voice my accent especially coming from Vietnam like a lot of people don't quote me on this. I don't know the actual numbers, <laughs> but I feel like 50% of the country now speak English um, because it's so widely taught now. But people strive to Americanize their voice. And mm-hmm. unless you live abroad, you wouldn't realize that everyone has a particular accent. Like like yeah. everyone who lives in a multicultural society will have some sort of accent. Even Americans have accent too. You know, if you live in the West, like you have a particular accent. If you're from New York, you have a different accent. So point is, you shouldn't try to assimilate your voice. Yeah, I agree completely. Decolonize that shit. Period. But also, (laughs) I hate American accent. (laughs) Same. I, (laughs) oh my God. I used to work in downtown Toronto where I used to work in a camera store. So mm-hmm. a lot of people would come and visit the store and I could just tell you're from the state immediately, not just because of your actions, but also the way that you talk and the way you communicate in general. I hate it. <laughs> I hate <laughs> listening to American accents so much. It's like, and I didn't even realize how different Canadian accent is compared to 
the states. I cannot tell. You can't? I can't tell. No. I don't know how to like pinpoint the differences, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I generally I whenever I hear someone speaking with a very American accent, mm-hmm. I'm just like I that gives me the ache. <laughs> Cuz <'Cause laughs> at work I have sometimes I have um customers from the US or from Canada even and they speak very very pronounced like enunciated their words yeah 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 exactly and I'm just like I I don't know I hate you already (laughs) even though you've done nothing to me your ancestor did but what is the Amsterdam English accent then it's it's just Dutch accent I cannot uh, imitate it 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 just that gives me the ick as well (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry. Just every everything gives me the ache. I <laughs> Just know. Stop talking. English is cringe in general. Yeah, for real. And I don't know why we're speaking it, but yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes I I'll, I'll just I'll just say it. I also found um, Australian accents really cringy until <laughs> hear me out. <laughs> In the second episode, you just decided to attack every nation. <laughs> Fuck them. No kidding. Um, yeah, I found it so icky until I went on a date with an Australian. Oh and my I was God. like, that's fucking cute. <laughs> Shrimp on a barbie? Is that how that person sounds like? No, she was like, or nar. Or nar. Listen, I can't so stop cute. saying nar. Like this is I my... know, I know. <laughs> my brand at work right now, mm-hmm. everyone clowned on me for saying like nor, but like I can't, <laughs> I can't stop. I almost said it the other day during a meeting yeah. with the president of the company. No way. Yes, <laughs> I cannot. It's so addicting. Oh gosh. Or nor. Or nor. I know, right? Or like yeah. whenever something ironic comes up, and you're, I just switch to British accents. Same. Or something stereotypical. Like if I ha- if I want to have a tea, it's like, can you get me a tea? <laughs> That's actually really good. It's not good, but I love doing it. It's um, versatility. <laughs> versatility, yes. The only thing yeah. worse about you, honestly. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm not dating that person anymore. And um, I'm blocking her from my story so she doesn't hear this <laughs> Because I will not confess my feelings <gasps> on my show. Wait, did you actually like her <clears throat> though? Since you're blocking her anyway. I did. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah. I'd like to think I have a good British <laughs> Do one. I don't know. Um, welcome to the Feeling Stick podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, A for effort. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the years of standing one direction did not help at all. Honestly, they have such different accents, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, half of the time, I don't understand what Louis Tomlinson is talking about. Yeah. Honestly, like, Niall. Yeah. His Irish accent. So yeah. cute, but, like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I want to talk about a vocal fry because... And, like, not just vocal fry, but, like, accents and intonations and everything um, to wrap up what we discussed. 
uh, I read articles regarding women trying to change their voice because they mm-hmm. don't like the way that they sound, especially like in meetings in workplaces. I realized people just tone police women for no reason, you know? Like yeah. women try to change their voice to a deeper register or people try to get rid of their vocal fry or not speak as girly or feminine or like upspeak. Um, and it's just so stupid. I feel like this is the whole thing is just very deeply misogynistic and for sure literally it's just tone policing women you know like i think women try to change their voice because deep down they want to be taken seriously yeah obviously everyone looked over what they're trying to say and just take how they say it as the message i totally agree so i think my my whole point is that if you are a woman or if you're femme presenting especially in the workplace I don't think you should be ashamed of how you speak Mm -hmm. and you should not diminish the substance of what you're about to say because of the way that you say it. It should not matter at all. Mm -hmm. And also, did you notice how most of the time women like have to be extra nice in emails and say things like, if that makes sense, like, do you know what I mean? Like those types of phrases. After we say literally anything, you know? Mm -hmm. And when I try to cut out those things, I feel naked. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? See, there. You know what I mean? Exactly. I can't just say something and then expect people to get it immediately. Yeah, it's because we're so conditioned to like prepare for some mansplaining coming right up Mm -hmm. after we say something, you know? (laughs) Mm-hmm. I remember like in university like every time I which is very rarely but every time <laughs> I decided to speak up in lectures I would just say like if that makes any sense or do you know what I mean like and I hated it like I didn't realize that I was pre-apologizing for what I'm about to say yeah and yeah. that's just setting myself up for other people to have less conviction of my my point of view yeah, like I'm preparing myself for mansplaining. But also like the fact that we are also trying to change that pattern, like s- stop saying, you know what I mean, or if that makes any sense. Yeah. It, I don't know how I feel about that because because it's not our problem. Oh, yeah. It's the fact that we're not taken seriously. So we have to do that. And now we're just trying to get ourselves actually recognized by changing our speech to match with men's speech, which I find deeply, deeply troublesome. Mm -hmm. You know, like everything we do that is considered good or, I don't know, successful or whatever is just to match with men's levels. Mm -hmm. That's really fucked up. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Moving on to <laughs> probably the most controversial part of this podcast, the whole Balenciaga Buckwild scandal. It's been an eventful month for fashion lovers anywhere. And if, if you know me, I'm a fashion girly through and through. And honestly, you don't even have to follow fashion to know what's going on with Balenciaga, even though there has been a lot that has been going on with the fashion world lately, but 
everyone and their fucking grandmother is talking about Balenciaga. So we're going to get down to it. And I'm not going to talk about the fashion or the artistry aspects behind those campaigns. I'm going to talk about the conversation that it's shaped since we're discussing communication. Yeah. Um, so just to recap for anyone who doesn't follow. So Balenciaga did a photo shoot campaign, two campaigns actually, but one of them with children holding teddy bears with bondage gears or fetish wear, some would say. Mm-hmm. And the props in those set were shown to have relations to child pornography slash abuse cases. It's a lot. Um, but I find it, yeah, I find it crazy how people suddenly care so much about the children now mm-hmm. and to give so much shit about the intersection between their safety and fashion. While most of these people are wearing sheen and have no issues with buying fake designer bags from Beachgate. And by these people, I mean like the people on TikTok or Instagram where most Doing of these conversations, yeah, like most of these conversations happen on TikTok. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't understand. Like, since when do you give so much shit about child safety and how it relates to fashion? Like, you wear fast fashion every day. Hello, child slavery is a thing. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And I feel like it's easier to cancel something that has little to no effects to you. Um, AKA, you know, fashion brands that you can't afford or celebs you don't care for because it's harder to confront and expose abuse that's happening around you. Yeah, I com- I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah, you came. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Stop. Okay. I, I, I completely agree because honestly, I sometimes have the same problem because whenever I am used to a brand, and they do something problematic i'm like yeah should i cancel them though and it's a very difficult decision and it's definitely very much more much easier to confront brands that you're not familiar with or that has a certain distance from you and your um tax bracket (laughs) yeah literally like it's and the worst part is this conversation spirals into the Illuminati or some secret society that controls <laughs> consumerism basically turns into yeah. another conspiracy theory that deflects from the actual reality of child abuse. Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? All this buckwild bullshit spiraled into another conspiracy theory instead yeah. of like looking into yeah, actual yeah. child abuse around us. So yeah, stupid. Yeah, and how to fix that. Yeah, this whole situation is fucked up. I'm not I'm not saying Balenciaga and what they did was right. No, it's it's horrible. Yeah. It's wrong in of every course. way, but it's like the situation is fucked up. That's one thing, but the conversation around it is so incredibly stupid and chronically online. That's another thing. And People are also trying to cancel Julia Fox for speaking up about child abuse in the church and saying that she's deflecting from the situation just because she's a celeb and she might be in on it with Balenciaga. I honestly, okay, I don't care about Julia Fox, but she's not deflecting at all. Mm -hmm. What she's doing is redirecting the conversation to something that is actually happening, like actually matters. 
because the truth is, whether you like it or not, no child will harm on that set, as far as we know. Yeah. But millions of children are harmed around us every single day. So where's the outcry for that? Yeah, yeah. And it seems like when it comes to children who are already privileged, mm-hmm. they people speak out about it more than, you know, children in rural areas in Indonesia, mm-hmm. Philippines, Bangladesh, or wh- wherever in the world where child um, slavery happens. Because they're children of color, and in these sets, the models, if I'm not mistaken, are white. Yeah, and like, also here's another thing, like people outcried, but then spread these photos around. Like, I get it, you you blurred the kids' faces, but you still spread it around for everyone to see. Yeah, what's the point of blurring it then? Yeah, like, something like that shouldn't be spread around, period, if you're trying to cancel it don't spread it around yeah. i don't know just like the way people handle the situation led me to believe you don't actually care about the children you just want to cancel something that is completely unrelated to you i agree i don't mind big brands making ridiculous amount of money being canceled mm-hmm. but if you're gonna cancel them cancel other brands as well and the fact that you that you let like h&m and sheen and whatever, like Forever 21 or something, yeah. slip away in this whole mess. Just gives them more power to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's fucked up. It's not going to change anything. Like, okay, maybe Balenciaga is going to take down the photo. They're going to apologize. They're going to have some lawsuits. But then does any of that affect child slavery? No. Exactly. Yeah. I think Balenciaga especially Demna's Balenciaga is just all about shock value and they're just more upfront about it. Whereas a lot of the abuse happening in the background of brands that you don't even know is abusing children around the world, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I don't know. Point is, if you cancel something like that, please also feel very encouraged to cancel something that is a lot closer to you and within your control. Yeah. Sheen is so easy to cancel. Like if y'all just stopped buying Sheen, there would be no Sheen. <laughs> like Exactly, and, yeah. Yeah, like it's so easy. Whereas if you don't buy Balenciaga, girl, you already can't afford <laughs> Balenciaga. Like What's the problem? What's the Yeah, what's the issue? Yeah. the topic of communication but slightly different uh we're gonna talk about breakups fun post breakups and breakups mm-hmm. just the whole process of getting your heart broken love that so fun love it um if you're my friend or if you know me at all you know that i was in a relationship in a long-term relationship with someone and we broke up a while ago uh, but I didn't like publicly tell everyone that we bro- that we had broken up. I just hinted here and there, and I told like people who I think I wanna tell. Um, and I still like keep all the photos <laughs> on my Instagram, so it's very difficult to um, yeah I guess guess, but. Yeah, if you still ask me about my relationship status after this episode, 
I know that you haven't listened. <laughs> and and I hold grudges, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but my my ex and I have we decided to stay friends uh, because we're at the end of the day we're best friends. We had been through so much together. Um, at some point, we were our only family uh, in a foreign country, dealing with a bunch of problems um, that only us two could relate to each other. So to come from that um, to cutting each other off completely, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I have the capacity to do it. Um, I need my family. I need my support system. Uh, so I just think the norm around breakups that you're that you have to hate your ex you have to stop being friends with your ex you have to block them blah blah i just don't agree with it but unless like if they were like really toxic to you or if they cheat on you or like murder your family or whatever <laughs> yeah cut them out i don't have any problem with that but if you just broke up as peacefully as um, i did and you kind of like give me the weird look uh, when I say I'm still friends with my ex, I still live with my ex. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I don't appreciate yeah. it. So, um, if you have opinions, keep it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I really don't like the discourse around breakups, post breakups, like how you're supposed to, uh, just ignore your ex forever. I have a friend, uh, who is friends with her like half of her exes which are men by the way very impressive um they yeah they 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 stay friends and i honestly i love it for her i'm sure that she had heard uh from people that it's like toxic in some way but uh she told me a story the other day that i found really heartwarming like so she had relationship issues and the only person that she felt comfortable confiding in was her ex okay and at first he was quite uncomfortable with it, about it but after the like after he had processed everything he told her that he was really really glad that uh she came to him mm. and talked about these problems because he wants to stay in her life he wants to be her best friend he wants to just like care for her or your support system would care for you um and it doesn't matter like okay there's no benefit for him anymore that they don't have sex anymore mm-hmm. um but it's it just really shows that that person truly cares about you i don't know the i feel like the norm is always about like oh what's in it for you mm-hmm. you know and does it have to be that way can <laughs> can people just care for each other yeah well i think the reality is a lot of the discourse surrounding breakups is very mm-hmm. heteronormative. Yeah. Um, it's centered around straight people. And the reality is, like, I'm happy to hear your friends have good experience with, you know, her exes who are men. But the mm-hmm. reality is most men are just terrible after breakup. You know, like, they show their true <laughs> colors. And... Even coming into a relationship, men have certain expectations going on a date, per se. And it's always like 
expectations from the men to, I don't know, have sex after a first date or get some reward out of being a nice guy or paying for dinner. And it's just like, it's always something that's in it for them. And it's built in expectations. So I think it's almost expected or natural to not be friends with men after breakup (laughs) because that expectations never went away. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why it's very stereotypical of um, lesbians or sapphics to stay friends with their exes Mm -hmm. because we don't have that kind of built-in expectation. We just, we just do it because we don't feel the need to be strangers to become strangers once again um and i completely totally agree with what you just said because i have another friend actually it's our mutual friend um, yeah i know who you're talking about yeah yeah <laughs> by the way i i already asked for their consent to talk about this so yeah so she recently broke up as well and uh she was also living together with her ex and after they broke up, she was trying to move out. Um, but sometimes she has to come back to the house to, you know, get her things. And she's she was still paying rent. So, yeah, she has a right to live there. Yeah. But um, every time she goes home, she tries to just be civil with her ex. Like, just ask questions like, how was your day? He did nothing but reject her effort to communicate yeah. and just throw tantrums like she was just trying to move out man <laughs> what yeah. do you want like she was packing things and and he's just like why are you packing that the audacity of it all yeah the the fucking audacity and it's just it drives me crazy i'm like Oof, i don't i mean here's the thing with my exes who are all men I am not friends with any single one of them. Mm -mm. (laughs) Not even a single one. And I used to think there's this one ex before my, my current man. We sort of have this like best friend dynamic in our relationship. And so after the breakup, I thought we could stay friends. And Mm -hmm. the same thing happened. Like, you know, he, he showed his true colors and certain audacity and, Actually, story time. So after breaking up with that ex, um, he started dating around. And I don't know what he did to these girls, but more than one of them reached out to me to ask questions about him. And what? after, yeah, literally like more, not even one. No, like more than one. But what kind of questions? Just, like, questions about who he is as a person and, like, our relationship. And, like, mind you, at this point, I'm already a year into my relationship, my current relationship. So, like, I don't have close contacts with him at all. Mm -hmm. We were on, like, good terms, like, amicable, you know? But, like, we don't (laughs) talk every day. But, yeah, they would reach out to ask about our relationship and him as a person. And... Me being the stupid 20-something-year-old I was, I, yeah, I answered. Yeah. Hey, girly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, I didn't mind at the time. But then I found out that they accused me of lying later on to him. And I was like, what? what? Like, yeah, I know. It's like, 
I don't even know. Anyway, some some people are just like that. Um, and his current girlfriend. Oh my god, this is so embarrassing. His current girlfriend also once like not stalked my Instagram. No, she followed me and commented on my post. <laughs> what did she comment? And I was not having it. She was. This is back when I used to post a lot of my uh, photography or my my school artwork, and she mm-hmm. commented on one of them, and was basically yeah, just like. It was a nice comment. Like she was gassing me up. Yeah. She was like, "Oh, I love this." Like blah blah blah. But like still, like the whole like you're my ex's girlfriend. Like I don't know if you know, and I'm not talking <laughs> to him, so I don't know if this is like appropriate. Like. I just felt really uncomfortable, and I had to like message him after. Like, do you know about this? Because in my head, it seemed like they talked about me a lot, mm-hmm. and she felt so comfortable to the point of coming onto my page and you know, like, followed me and commented on my shit. Yeah, so I I felt strange, exactly strange. Um, so I, I felt uncomfortable. I had to confront him about it. And he's like, oh, I had no idea that she would do this. And so, yeah, so apparently she just did it out of her own liberty. But so, also, like, you said many girls approached you about him? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> First of all, is this is not like a case where you apply for a job and they cross-check with your previous employer <laughs> they literally that's what they did they cross-checked yeah. they i i was his reference literally background check what the literally hell? that's well crazy. because before this current girlfriend that he has i was his longest relationship and okay apparently i was the only one who for the lack of better word like pin him down and like actually turn him into a good boyfriend good is very um generous of me to say let's yeah. just say that um but yeah like and they were curious because i think honestly they were just rebounds because mm-hmm. they he started dating immediately after we broke up so i understood that they were rebounds and with those kind of relationship you you, you get the shittier version of the sticks you know, the the yeah. guy mm-hmm. not the stick <laughs> not me objectifying my ex <laughs> You get the shitty end of the deal, and and I understand why they came to me. Like I understood their intention, mm-hmm. but it's still wild to me, buck wild, how people yeah. found these audacity and like the courage to do these things. Yes, like, the courage. Yeah, like, I don't know. And also, how how did they find you? Were you still like on his uh, tagged photos or something? No, no. Mm-mm. They just Googled my name or, like, searched my name. What? Yeah. That's what I thought. Insane. Okay. Um, Great stalking skills. Something I don't have. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, no, I'm trying to say... What I'm trying to say is, like, I know it should not just be a a sapphic thing to Mm -hmm. be friends with your ex, but the reality is it's just easier to have a good relationship and maintain a good relationship with women. Yeah. That's why I do what I do. Yeah. Honestly, some of us are not that lucky. <laughs> yeah, it's a curse, honestly. I don't know how straight people do it. Anyway, if you think you have boy problems or relationship problems, do I have a story for you? Okay. So, um, back when I was um, going to therapy, I, I did it entirely online because it was COVID time. So, I never met my therapist in person. It was always through Zoom. 
uh, and they would always show up to our call like five to ten minutes late because of their previous session which is they warned me about it so there's nothing wrong about it but it's just that i i have adhd right so i'm always impatient if they are even one minute late i am already like freaking out like do, did i get the time wrong or did i get the wrong link or whatever mm -hmm. yeah most of the time it's just it's just them being late so um it was like almost so it was the later half of uh, my therapy program my cbt program um that my therapist just didn't show up to our session so what happened was i went into the call i waited five minutes nothing happened i was like okay that's fine doesn't matter i waited for another uh five minutes and then 15 minutes passed nothing happened so i'm like okay um maybe i should start worrying now because he had never been this late so i was like okay let me just give him another five minutes 20 minutes passed nothing so i freaked out i don't have his phone number so i had to i had to email him um, and obviously with emails, you don't, you cannot expect immediate replies. Right. So I always, uh, so I also called the clinic, um, and I asked them about, um, if today was my session and if I have the right link and they confirmed and they said that they don't know why he had, he hadn't shown up because he was also working from home. So they would have to contact him and either they or he will get back to me about it. So I, uh, I, I was still in the call. I waited for another 15 minutes. At this point, it was it had already been 45 minutes that I was in the call looking at myself in the yeah. morning at 9 a.m. Like, like, what am I doing <laughs> up at this hour? You know? Yeah. Um. So 40 minutes passed, and I'm like, okay, I am done waiting because even if he showed up at this point, we wouldn't have enough time to do our session anyway. So I'm just gonna quit. Two hours later, he emailed me back. He said, um, oh my God, I'm not okay. He didn't say, oh my God, in the email. He was like, sorry, <laughs> oh I didn't make it. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't make it to our session today. Uh, I had an emergency that I couldn't come to work. And I was like, oh, okay, that explains everything then. If you had an emergency, that's fair. You don't like, you cannot just like email everyone that yeah. you're... Um, uh, having a day off but also you know maybe your employer should know about it <laughs> yeah I don't know um, so I was like okay fine fair uh, so I just replied normally like okay see you next week next week came I I was like hi how are you um, is everything okay with you like with your emergency and stuff and he was like yeah yeah no everything's fine now uh, I'm really sorry so and he started to tell me what the emergency was and oh my god <laughs> to call it an emergency <laughs> what happened i don't know how to feel about it um so he told me that he got his heart broken basically oh my god he was ghosted <laughs> by a dude that he was dating um but he was like he was really interested in in him and he thought um, that dude felt the same, but apparently not. So he got his little heart broken <laughs> and he could not get out of bed and like come to oh. work. And I was like, I feel so bad. And I was like trying to comfort him, even though he's, he was my <laughs> therapist. I know. It's so ironic. And um, yeah, but so 
a few things I learned from this is just is that one that was hella unprofessional <laughs> yeah uh, but two heartbreaks and breakups are absolutely normal and this story just shows you that even if you have all the knowledge in the world of how to deal with your emotions and situations like this and all the resources yeah you just sometimes you just have to take a break yeah you know because your mental health matters um and honestly even though i i was mad for a bit but i at the end of the day i feel like he kind of showed me that it's okay to to be vulnerable sometimes and just not go to work or school or just delay life a little bit and be with your feelings yeah, and just go to your <laughs> client like that <laughs> yeah well um, they refunded me the session so it was yeah. fine for me but wasted my time a little bit mm-hmm. um but no for real like i like i said i was mad for a bit but it's a valuable lesson that i learned is that sometimes you just you just gotta prioritize yourself fuck your clients <laughs> <laughs> and i i get it but at the same time i don't know maybe i'm type a but like you couldn't just reach for your phone and email i don't know i understand oh. no i i see i see where you're coming from and yes it is yeah. very interesting to see your therapist vulnerable these people who have all the tools in the world yet react almost very similar to how we would react to situations however Mm -hmm. i don't know about canceling appointments over a heartbreak (laughs) i'll just i'll just give him the benefit of the doubt that he he's a golden retriever boy um who got his heart broken and i feel bad for him (laughs) and i relate in every way because when like the first few days if not weeks um of my breakup of my most recent breakup (sighs) i could not go five minutes without crying and i couldn't do anything else and that's just yeah that's uh, breakups are ugly and i hate it so much so yeah i understand (laughs) yeah no it's fine yeah okay what is the feeling that sticks with you this week I feel like my feeling compared to your feeling is like a first world problem. No, we don't do that here. We don't compare struggles. <laughs> but I do. No, it's not really a struggle. I just I just want to hear your thoughts on it, honestly. Yeah. So I um, recently after uh, we posted our first episode and I shared on my Instagram story, I noticed that one of my co-workers mm-hmm. at my current workplace um, have unfollowed me on Instagram. Um, and first of all, I track my unfollowers because... <laughs> <laughs> unfollowers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfollowers. Because I would just, I'm curious about who wants to cut me off their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to do the same without being, without feeling guilty. Because mm. a lot of times I'm just like, I'm so sick of you. I, I kind of want to unfollow you, but I just always have that guilt. You know, I'm like, okay, but what if we meet again one day and then it's just awkward. Like they mm. would know that I unfollowed them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, I find it just awkward. So if it's a two-way type of thing, 
I don't mind. So that's why I do it. Okay. The Scorpio moon is really showing. <laughs> um, anyway, to, so the feelings. Um, so she unfollowed me, right? And it's it's so weird because I still work with her like once or twice a week. I see still see her every day. So I'm like, oh my God. did you unfollow me because... I don't know, you're trying to become an influencer and you don't want to have like a large Oh, she's trying to keep the ratio? Maybe. Or do you find me personally annoying? Because if you if it's the latter case, then I'm just not gonna talk to you when you show up at work. What's the vibe? Like are you close to her? Exactly. Or... Like I don't know what the vibe is because she just started working and oh. she immediately like followed me on Instagram within the first two weeks or something of her of her job so i followed back and i have good intentions i every time a co-worker shows up at work like i i say hi to them i ask them how they are and like what's going on in their life you know just like just like casual stuff small talks yeah. um and i feel like she would always answer very uh, friendly and she would ask me about my life as well so i i would share a normal amount of information with her as with everyone else um so that's what i thought the vibe is but now i'm i don't know what the vibe is like should i talk to her when we work together or should i just let her be so she's new she's new yeah like how soon did she start um just like recently i think like a month ago or a month and a half Okay. And she already followed and unfollowed me. Oh my god. And <laughs> but how do you pinpoint exactly like after the first story? Like did she have unfollowed that day? Yeah, because on my unfollower tracker app, you can see like when they unfollowed you. So you saw her unfollowing you right after you posted our first episode. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I just like posted it too much and she finds it annoying. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't post too much. I don't think so. It was a very, I don't know. I I thought it was okay. Yeah. Well, you were you were a part of it, <laughs> so of course it was okay. The way you do it is funny. It's like it's tasteful. <laughs> but is she like? What's her vibe on Instagram? Like, is she like a influencer vibe or? Right now, it's um just normal Instagram user, and um if I remember correctly, her accounts is also private mm. um, I'm not sure about now now but yeah <laughs> okay. I mean here's my thoughts on the whole follower thing because mm -hmm. I unfollow people all the time and mm -hmm. my thing with unfollowing people is that it to me it's not personal I unfollowed you because I don't care about the content that you post I care I might care about you as a person but I just don't like seeing your shit on my timeline and it's not it's not personal it's just like it's not something that I'm interested in seeing on mm -hmm. my feed you know maybe you're like a great person in real life but I don't know like you post I don't know crypto bullshit on your social <laughs> like why would I care about that you know what I mean yeah so mm -hmm. I I would just unfollow them and if they ask I'll explain but to yeah. me I don't hold any grudge and I don't take it personal and so that's how I feel okay and it's the same way it's a two-way street so if someone unfollowed me on social media and especially if I still see them in real life 
and they seem okay with me, mm-hmm. then I would just boil it down to, you know, them not being interested in whatever I'm posting online. And that's it. That's fine. Okay. I do understand like the buttheredness mm-hmm. of it all. Like <laughs> I, I do feel it if someone yeah. unfollowed me. I don't track my unfollowers. <laughs> I should. I girl, I don't care. <laughs> like Okay, that's yeah. fair. It's good for you. <laughs> no, I do it for my mental health, really. That's good. I mean, for, for me personally, sometimes I, I have the same thing. Like, I care about the person, but I don't necessarily care for their content. And what I would do is just hide their stories or hide their content. Yeah. So if I need to DM them about something, I still mm-hmm. can. Mm. Uh, but I don't, like, unfollow them. So that's that's why I I find this situation very awkward. Uh, I don't necessarily get butt hurt because yeah, we just met like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are certain colleagues that I also don't like too much, yeah. so it's fine if people don't like me. But I just want to know, like, what's the tea? Yeah, like, should I be making small talk with you, or do you just want us to sit in silence? I'm comfortable with it, and just mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking. No, I think it's a very valid thing, especially if you are seeing this person like every time you go to work. Yeah. I'm not saying that you should confront her because you don't know her that well (laughs) and she's also new. I just like leave it be. At some point, you work together long enough and you're more comfortable with each other and you can be like, hey girl, so (laughs) what's the vibe? Like what's going on? You know, or you could be passive aggressive about it and be like, like talk about yeah, something yeah. and then like yeah I'll, I'll send it over dm <laughs> yeah i'm a very non-confrontational person i will not say those things <laughs> yeah but you can be passive aggressive about it that's true i can scorpio moon <laughs> that's really a scorpio moon thing to track your <laughs> unfollowers <laughs> ah! um yeah anyway um what's the feeling that sticks with you this week a lot has been going on with me in the past few weeks, but mm-hmm. this week in specific, I lost my cat, Patchy. He had been sick for a while, and um, it just got so much worse within one week, mm-hmm. and his health just rapidly declined, and so he passed away on Saturday. We had to put him down because we could see that he's struggling like all signs point to him saying goodbye you know like it's I think he's going on his term already he just need a little extra help going out peacefully and this is not my first pet loss I lost Mm -hmm. chubby my 10 year old dog um in 2021 she was my best friend and we grew up together I got her when she was one and she passed away at the beautiful age of 10 Mm-hmm. and uh, that one hurt it, like, could not stop crying for a month straight. Everyone around me knew mm-hmm. this. It wasn't, like, grief that made me mm-hmm. so hurt was part of it. The other part was the guilt mm-hmm. that I felt because she passed away very painfully. She was sick, mm-hmm. you know, and she um, she was hospitalized and on treatments for, like, 10 days straight in, like, I just basically had to rush her to the vet like every few days and then take her home and then look after her. It's just like a whole intensive treatment program for her. 
I didn't remember if euthanasia was an option back then for me. Like I, I honestly didn't even remember the vet offered that option. But in my head at the time, I just need my best friend to be alive. Yeah. And so I felt like I really pushed it with her mm-hmm. and just trying to do everything that I could to keep her alive. And so when she passed away, she died because of a cardiac arrest. So she died mid oxygen um, deprivation or something. And they had to like try to resuscitate her. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so, so incredibly guilty because she went out to me the most painful way possible. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't go through that again. I felt like it was very selfish of me to not let her go. And so Mm -hmm. she had to suffer that end. And so... Mm -hmm. With Patchy, once I see his quality of life decreased rapidly like that, and all the signs point to him saying that it's my time, you know, I I had to do it. Like, I had to let mm-hmm. him go. I think he went out peacefully and in love. Like, yeah. he had me and my boyfriend throughout the whole process, and we get to say all our goodbyes. He also met all his foster moms who took care of him, you know, when we were away. I think he went out in peace and love. That's the best thing that I could have given him. And I felt at peace with that. I felt sad. Yeah, of course. But I didn't cry as much as I did for Chubby because, first of all, I only had a year with him. So the bond wasn't that severe. And secondly, I felt like I gave him the best that I could. And I didn't, I made sure that I don't repeat the same mistake with Chubby. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm grieving, of course, but I felt a lot more at peace. Let's just say that with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, it's not like a linear process, right? Like grief is a, course, is a yeah. up and down thing. And I don't know, at some point I might cry my eyes out. But for now, I feel happy. That you gave him all your love and just put him out of his, his misery on time. Exactly. I will never fall in love. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we like 